The Fake Show is brought to you by Threads of Envy, the law firm of Hutchison and Stefan, the Craft House Brewery, the Tone Factory Recording Studio, Moonshot.com T-shirt designs, and by Mr. Antenna. Now your host, Jim Tofty. Love me some Leah Thompson. How could you not? She will forever be known as Lorraine McFly in the Back to the Future trilogy. And of course, she was also great in All the Right Moves and Red Dawn and Caroline in the City. And for many years now, she has made a name for herself as a director of episodic television. Leah Thompson joins me now from her home in Los Angeles. Hey, Jim. Leah, welcome. Uh, great to talk to you. You're very busy, not only as an actor, but uh, as a director these last many years. Do you love directing now? I do. I love it so much. I am so blessed. I've had I've had the opportunity to direct so many different kind of crazy different shows. Uh-huh. And um, I, uh, I, I... You know, doing Star Trek Picard is like a dream come true because I am a huge Trek fan from the time I was eight years old and Star Trek was already in reruns. Right. I was just like a massive fan for years. And I kept thinking they'd let me act in one, but no. <laughs> when it came to direct, I was so excited and thrilled. And I, I can't wait to see them because you know when you hand them off you edit and you hand them off there's still a bunch of special effects to be put in and right uh, i haven't seen that so it adds an extra element of excitement to see them um do you remember your first time directing because that had to be a little scary maybe the first time i directed i I was doing a bunch of hallmark movies about 15 16 years ago um, the same character, uh, the Jane Doe Mysteries. Right. And I've done like five, five of the movies. And then I was like, I can, let me direct one. And they weirdly were just like, okay. So I directed two of those movies. And that was really interesting because I was the star. And, and not only the star, but like I had to do all the, lot of what they call heavy lifting dialogue, you know, the, yeah, and and so that was um, that was trial by fire because I had to not only direct but act in it, and uh, and it was so fun. I really enjoyed it, and so that kind of started me out. And it was fun to start in the movie, you know. But I didn't really start directing episodic till I was doing uh, my series Switched at Birth, and they let me direct. I think like five or six of those. So, and I still had to act in those. So by the time I started doing the Goldbergs, that was the first time I got to direct where I didn't act. So it, it's, uh, it was scary, but you know, I'm married to a director and you know right. how women, you know, most women feel about their husbands. I'm like, if he can do it, I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> if you had a chance, would you like to direct your daughter, Zoe, who's this up and coming actress? And now she's in this film called The Outfit, which is great. Did you get to see the outfit? I did, yeah. Isn't it great? I loved it. And boy, she's kind of a little scene stealer, isn't she? She is always a scene stealer. Did you see her in Zombieland 2? She was unbelievably... She's always a scene stealer. Every movie she does. I'm so glad you saw it. I just saw it, like, was it yesterday, last night or something? I, I don't know. They had a premiere last night. And um, 
she is great, and I love the outfit. It, 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 it's just such a different kind of movie. It's like perfect for right now. How much tougher is it for your daughter's generation now to navigate their way through public life as opposed to when you were starting out? Um, uh, yeah, I think it is hard. It's uh, hard, and it's also like a full-time job. Like, I have to... I have to set aside, like, uh, probably an hour to figure out how to, like, you know, publicize today the Star Trek. I'm, I have to, like, find the pictures and find the tags. And, right. Like, it's the thing you're supposed to do. Uh-huh. And it's really hard to navigate. But I forgot to tell you that I did direct my daughter, Zoe, um, in, a, in a movie called The Year of Spectacular Men. I believe it's on Hulu. And uh, she, my daughter Madeline wrote it, and my daughter Zoe and I, we were all in it. Madeline wrote it and uh, starred in it and did the score. So it was really fun to direct her. She's so good. And, and also Maddie's really great. And Maddie's writing a movie for me right now for Universal. So um, we're kind of like a, you know, we... we uh, <laughs> it was funny. Well, Maddie and I were watching, my older daughter Madeline and I were watching the premiere of the outfit. And, and Maddie's like, I think I worked on her with that scene. I think we did that scene. And then I was like, yeah, I think I filmed that scene for the audition. So you like, I hadn't really read the script, but I remembered the scenes from like running lines or doing the self-tape. Uh, it's a funny, funny household that we live in here. Leah, uh, this whole Russian invasion thing has me thinking about your film Red Dawn from 1984. What was your experience like working, first of all, with Patrick Swayze? Uh, Patrick was great, and both of us were dancers. Uh, we had just been, I believe he was in Elliott Fell, the dance company, and I was with the Pennsylvania Ballet. Right. Just like years, a couple years before we did um, Red Dawn. So it was kind of a funny, ridiculous thing. We were in our camos with our AK-47. <laughs> we would, like, set, set them down and do Giselle or something <laughs> together, you know? <laughs> That's Well, and the, the older cast in this film ben johnson harry dean stanton powers booth come on i know there was it went on and on it was an amazing it was amazing group but it's true when i see the i mean this war is horrible i just lost a friend it's just obviously horrible uh and and when i see the images of these people who aren't soldiers with you know guns and trying to you know protect their homes and their 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 country i do it does feel like red dawn people in their own right who were musicians or dancers right yeah exactly i've seen a picture of a ballet dancer with a gun yeah and uh i admire these people very very much do you remember getting cast what it was like what it felt like to get cast on back to the future because i know that there were so many changes early on with eric stoltz leaving and and michael j fox coming in yeah uh, it was an interesting process. I remember my screen test that, that Steven Spielberg was operating the big giant video camera. And that was, <laughs> that was interesting. Uh, really cool. Um, and yeah, it was weird when, when Eric Stoltz was replaced and Michael, it was six weeks into shooting. Yeah. Very expensive thing to do. And, uh, and it was hard for me because I had already done a movie called the wildlife with Eric and he was a friend of mine. 
so, you know, oftentimes people, I think people want to imagine that we're having fun making movies, but it's really hard work, and there's always something weird that happens that kind of makes you feel... I've interviewed Crispin Glover uh, in the past. He seems like such a sweet guy. I know he comes off as very eccentric to some people. Uh, He is eccentric, Uh but he is sweet, and he's uh, immensely talented. So I was very sad when he wasn't in Back to the Future 2 or 3, because I'm married to him, so it was bad for me as a actor, but also because he's, he's very funny and very wonderful actor. Uh, I was a big fan of Caroline in the City. Did that show kind of get lost in the scheduling shuffle because it seemed like it ended way prematurely? Yeah, it did get kind of, they did dumb things with it. Yeah, it did end early. Um, what happened was they, it was owned by CBS and on NBC. So because of business, both of both NBC and CBS wanted it to die at 100 episodes. Huh. Uh, I can't explain the math of that, um, but uh, it has to do with economics. So that's what happened. It ended at 98 episodes, which wow. is even meaner. <laughs> but they also they took away all my writers, which is a dumb idea, too. You know, the writers that make it, uh, good in the beginning, they take them and try to get them to do other shows. Specifically, Marco Panette left and did a bunch of other shows. And and um, n- now writers understand that's not a smart plan. You know, you need the writers. So I'm yeah. just still a little bitter about that. Uh, <laughs> you just hit a, hit a nerve. Cause well, I, I love that show. You said and some, I, I hated to see it disappear. Yeah, you said sometimes behind the scenes, you just never know what's going on there. Well, Leah Thompson's Star Trek Picard episodes can be seen on Paramount Plus and Amazon Prime. Leah, always a pleasure talking to you. Good luck with everything going on, and thank you. Thank you, and these shows are great. Thank you. Such great behind-the-scenes stories, not only about Back to the Future and Red Dawn, but also about the weird politics of why Caroline in the City ended so prematurely. Well, that does it for this episode of The Fake Show Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Jim Tofty. I'll see you next time. Listen to The Fake Show anywhere on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com.